This is episode 138 on sleep hygiene for flow. Welcome to the Athletic Mindset. I'm your host, Corey Camp, former Division I swimmer forever athlete and your personal flow coach, helping you optimize your life one conversation at a time. Today, we discuss all things sleep as it relates to our ability to get into flow with on-demand ease. I want to share something with you here. There's been an amazing breakthrough. Scientists have discovered a revolutionary new treatment that makes you live longer. It enhances your memory. It makes you more creative. It makes you look more attractive. It keeps you slim and lowers food cravings. It protects you from cancer and dementia. It wards off colds and the flu. It lowers your risk of heart attacks and stroke, not to mention diabetes. You'll even feel happier, less depressed, and less anxious. Are you interested? That's Matthew Walker, a sleep expert on the benefits of sleep. And what's beautiful there is... You don't have to take anything external to really reap the benefits of this natural process, sleep, yet we don't prioritize it. We all know the difference between dragging through the day and cruising through it with ease. Odds are, if you're here listening, you'd really rather be someone in the driver's seat of your life instead of being dragged behind the vehicle of life like those cans off of a just-married car, right? Sleep is the biggest and most often overlooked factor on our ability to experience flow in our life. A good night of sleep allows us to get into the day with momentum on our side versus fighting through each decision in the day. We know that a high heart rate variability can be linked to our ability to manage and handle stress throughout the day as well. A good quality night's sleep sets up our system to restore, recharge, and regulate towards a healthy heart rate variability range to handle that stress in our life. I, like most Americans, used to think that I just sleep when I'm dead, and life's meant to be lived, burning the candle at both ends. The college culture has glorified pulling that all-nighter to cram in for the exam, and the hustle culture and corporate America here glorifies the 15-hour workday as someone who we should strive to be. While I never pulled an all-nighter in college for an exam, it's because I knew the importance that sleep played and my ability to swim, and that was my top priority at the time. I did pull the 15-hour workdays and follow it up with going out with friends on the weekends because, you know, work hard, play hard, right? That's what we all want to try to do. It wasn't until I started to take true control of my sleep hygiene that I realized work hard, play hard only works if you also rest hard in there as well. Sleep is king when it comes to recovery, and you can do all the ice baths, the saunas, the yoga classes you want, but if you're not sleeping, you're leaving performance on the table. I had the chance to work with a client actually last year who came to me really looking to get back into a workout routine like he had back when he was playing college soccer. He was now working a crazy job that had him really fluctuating hours, and he just wasn't motivated to get the workouts in like he once was. But he was ready to really make that a priority again. He wanted to make himself a priority again. He was just feeling a little stuck as to how. He wanted some accountability there. But what we found when we pulled back the hood on really his life wasn't that he had a lack of motivation or drive to work out problem. He really had a sleep problem. He was chronically underslept, he was overworked, and he didn't have good sleep hygiene overall. It was no wonder he was struggling to work out. He was constantly trying to operate with less than optimal fuel in his system. So how did we get someone who worked a sporadic job that had him opening his office as early as 4.30 a.m. some days of the week and closing it down as late as 11 p.m. some days of the week to fix his sleep in a way that served him as the high performer that he is? By prioritizing sleep hygiene, and we're going to go through a simple five-step process, you can do that today and really start doing the same. So the first step is really looking at how much sleep you're getting. 
To quote Matthew Walker again, he also said, if sleep does not provide a remarkable set of benefits, then it's the biggest mistake of the evolutionary process ever made. If we didn't need eight hours of sleep and could survive on six, Mother Nature would have done away with 25% of our sleep time millions of years ago. There's a reason why we need to get close to eight hours on average over the long haul. The closer we can get to those ideal periods of sleep, the more we can cash in on those benefits and all the benefits we started this episode off with, right? How much are you sleeping and with what consistency? Unfortunately, the approach of, I'm just going to catch up on sleep on the weekends, that's complete BS. It's a myth. We are better off sleeping to be a consistent seven to eight hours each night than four to five hours during the week and then 10 plus hours on the weekends. That actually leads us into the second step, which is really looking at the consistency of our sleep patterns altogether. Our sleep hygiene and the routines send signals to our brain telling us, hey, it's time to wind down. One of the simplest fixes for people who struggle to fall asleep at night is making sure that they're really converging that signal into one signal that, hey, it's bedtime and keeping that bedtime window of about 30 minutes variation. If we are constantly changing when we're going to bed, our brain doesn't know really what the heck is going on. It's going to be very reactive rather than proactive and prepared and ready to go to bed and to rest. We as forever athletes know we want to be playing our life in a way that is proactive. So keeping our bedtime within a consistent window allows us to capitalize on the quality of sleep we are getting because we're able to get to sleep quicker. The brain and body crave routine. It's less thinking it has to do. And just like relearning how to tie your shoes every day, that would suck, right? So too does changing when you're going to sleep. But Corey, there's this cool thing that comes up twice every week and that's the weekend. And that's when I like to live my best life and be out there on the dance floor until 3 a.m. jamming. And I totally hear you. I've been there as well. And that's where social jet lag actually gets to be brought into this conversation. Just like your system gets thrown off when you travel ahead three hours and switch time zones, it experiences similar reaction to you constantly traveling time zones on the weekends outside of your typical sleep pattern. This isn't to say don't ever go out past your bedtime. Just be mindful of how you doing so can have an impact on your overall longevity on this planet. If you're someone who travels once a month, you'll be way more suited to handle this change than someone who has no baseline to begin with and just always up and down and fluctuating. The more consistent you can hit that sleep routine window, the more you'll be able to squeeze out all of those benefits of a good night's sleep. Our third step is really assessing the overall sleep environment. Our bed should be reserved for two things, sleep and sex. Every other activity should be removed from the bed and the bedroom if possible. Again, we don't want to get mixed signals going to our brain about what it's supposed to do in a given environment. When we set boundaries to make sure we are reserving the bed, especially for sleep and sex, we are sending a clear message to our nervous system. It's time to downregulate and rejuvenate when we're here. What I was seeing with my client who really struggled to get consistent quality night's sleep was that his environment really had no boundaries in place at all. TV watching in bed and phone usage were two of the big no-nos and blocks that we had to work through. Another reason why it suggested to sleep with your phone outside of the room altogether. Taking that a step further into the bedroom itself, we want to really set up that room in a way that encourages downregulation of the nervous system. I've really been vibing with some color changing and dimming smart light bulbs in my bedroom. This has allowed me to not only set the mood, but also get consistent sleep 
because of the softer tones. You can also get a little crazy with it and start to set routines and timers that allow you to naturally wake up to soft, easy light instead of that harsh white light that so many of us have in our homes. One thing that I've personally really struggled with in the move since moving out here to LA this year is having my desk in my bedroom. It's actually where we're recording this right now. That's the work from home struggle that so many of us are faced with these days, right? With our workspace in our actual bedroom, we just want to have longer periods of time outside of the bedroom office at the end of the day and at the start of the workday to really maximize that separation and diversify between those two different activities. Get That helps send that clear signal to our brain like, hey, when we're in there during these hours, it's work hours. We're in there during these hours, it's sleep time. It's time to rejuvenate. We want to be able to be very clear with those boundaries so our brain is really clear on what the heck is happening and when. The fourth step is really to look at establishing a wind-down routine that allows you to press pause on life itself and optimize the hormones naturally emitted by our body when it comes time to sleep. This trumps turning to sleep supplements like CBD, melatonin, etc. because it's what our body naturally creates. That's the strongest supplement of them all, right? Not to say that those don't help. They do and they have a time and place for it, but we want them to be an added enhancer, not a band-aid to a weakened foundation where a lot of us turn to. A strong wind-down routine allows us to build out a strong sleep foundation. Everyone's ideal wind-down routine is going to look a little bit different, but three critical characteristics I've seen to really work best not only in my life, but the life of every client that I've worked with is closing our mental tabs, powering down the phone or the computer, and journaling out our wins. Let's first look at closing out our mental tabs and what I mean by that. Our brain, much like a computer, operates best when we have one tab open at a time. There's less clutter in our life and we really free up our operating power to execute on that one tab. We want to close out the tabs that we have open in our brain and debrief after a successful day on this planet. And if you're breathing, it's a successful day. I like to do this through a variety of different ways, but primarily clearing out all the notifications that I have from texts, emails, DMs, etc., and taking a thorough time to clearly define what I have on the agenda for the next day. This gets the to-dos out of that never-ending swirl of my head and into the calendar to get done when it needs to get done. Powering down the phone and the computer is the natural extension of closing out our mental tabs. There's nothing worse right? Then finally clearing that text that's been sitting there and you get that immediate response. I think that's one of my biggest pet peeves, honestly. When I finally come around to answering a text, I'm the worst at actually texting and I get an immediate response. I'm like, gosh, dang it. Why can't you take a little bit longer here? We want to power down the phone and the computer to continue to reduce that cognitive stimulation prior to bed. Not to mention all the hype. You've probably heard about those blue light dimming, uh, glasses and how blue light can be harmful for your sleep, why don't you save yourself $150 on some quality blue light glasses and just put the damn phone down already? It's that simple. Keeping a wins log has been a critical step in my power down routine as well. At the end of my day, I usually jot down three to five wins I had in any area of my day into a journal that I call my wins log or reserve it just for that sort of thing. And this allows me to really keep the momentum going in my favor and end that day on a high note. Even the worst days of my life have been, have had a handful of wins scattered in throughout. This really is positive psychology and it's a trick that allows you to 
really go into the evening with a positive frame of mind, something that's been critical in helping squeeze out all the benefits we can get of given situations, and you guessed it, in sleep itself. Our fifth step is looking at the other variables that come into play and affect the quality of sleep of our sleep itself, right? Oftentimes, we look at the amount of natural light, noise levels, roommates, temperature of our bed, and the bed itself, the quality of the bedding we have, mattress firmness versus softness, pillows, etc. can be really overwhelming. We want to get the big pieces of sleep dialed in first before we worry about the top of the pyramid here. We worry about all these little things because they really just provide small incremental returns. Once we build out that solid foundation, we've got the hours, the consistency, the environment, and the routine down, then it's time to play around with the gimmicks and the tricks and really find that sweet spot that works for us. I'd say the noise and the light are the two to dial in to your control first. I'm personally a fan of earplugs and an eye mask. We live in a fairly eventful and noisy area here in LA. There's a lot of bright light coming in through my blinds from just the street lights naturally. And being the sensitive light sleeper that I am, the earplugs do just the trick and blocking out the cars rolling by at 25 feet from my, my room, unfortunately. And also being the baller on a budget that I am, I decided to get a $5 blackout eye mask that really feels like clouds on my face at night rather than spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on some fancy blackout curtains that would do essentially the same thing. But you do you. Setting up your ideal light and sound for your sleep preferences can just go a long way in setting up your ideal night's sleep. The other major factor I want to discuss actually here today is the room and bed temperature itself. Ideally, we sleep best in actually colder environments. The best investment, talking about being a baller on a budget, I actually invested some heavy money into this because it is a complete game changer. I made into really getting sleep quality in regards to keeping my mattress cool. It was actually this device called a chili pad. It's, it's really neat. It's this mattress topper that hooks up to a water regulation unit that sits underneath the bed itself and it heats or cools water to a temperature of your preference and then conducts that water through the mattress topper. It's been really clutch to have during hot summer nights and I can keep my bed cool enough to use all the blankets my heart desires without overheating even in the hottest evenings. Anyone else feel that same way? I, I know I can't be alone there. Now, while this has been a game changer for me and I do recommend it to people out there, I will say it's a luxury item and it's not totally necessary if you aren't doing those other steps that we talked about first. If you are feeling like you want to take that step, though, you're ready for it, I got you with a hookup. Just go to chillysleep.com. That's C-H-I-L-I sleep.com. Use code CAMP15 to save you 15% off their Uller unit. Can't recommend that one enough. The main benefit of regulating your temperature is that you don't want your body temp to fluctuate beyond what it naturally does for a good restorative rate rest. When it goes too high or too low, that's when we wake up and we have a tossing and turning night's sleep. We eliminate that toss and turning with more frequency if we are able to control that temperature of the environment itself. Our sleep quality can be more controlled by us controlling the temperature of the climate that we're in. That's all we got for today for how really our sleep stack for a better night's rest for more flow in your life can really be set up. When we are well-rested, we are better equipped to handle the punches that life will throw at us. So tonight, let's make an effort to sleep just as much as we would make an effort to work hard throughout the day. 
and bring some accountability partners into play here, right? You know, together we go far. Remember, if you can change your mindset, you can change your life. One thought and one night's sleep at a time. I will see you all on Friday.